Cool. We need a better sign off. <laughs> hey, it's, it's episode three. So let's let's get focused and let's let's uh, let's build a story. Who's got an idea to throw out? Because it ain't this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was your turn. Like it always winds up looking like it's a garbage bag. I guess the film through a garbage bag. Hey, dude, hit mute when you're coughing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Story Builder Podcast. I'm JD, novelist, comic writer, former film person who ran away screaming into the night. Joined, as always, by my brother Matt, my best friend Dan. What's happening, guys? Not too much, man. How's, how's it going with you guys? Great. I figured I'd start the show because we were in the middle of a rant about how bad Man of Steel is. So I figured we'll just pick up the show from right here as we talk about building stories. Uh, truth be told, I hate Man of Steel. And I love Superman. Like, they both heard me go off on my little tangents on why Superman is one of the best characters in, in not only comics, but in popular fiction in general. So we were just talking about everything wrong with Man of Steel. I hate Man of Steel. Matthew? Yes. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm uh, not a fan of the Man of Steel movie at all. Not a fan of the uh, most of the detective comics films of this generation. First of all, DC uh, Comics Woman not, awesome. does not stand... Wonder Woman was pretty good, st- but I, I pulled that apart from the rest of them. Uh, the company is not called Detective Comics. Detective Comics is just what the company was <laughs> named after. DC. Uh, yes. You know, <laughs> long story short, Man of Steel. And uh, before that, we were talking about the things that are good about it. Are, you know, the cinematography is awesome. The lighting is awesome. I think the acting is done well as far as what the script demanded. And I think that script was done very well, except the script itself sucked. Just what the story was was, eh, it was. It would have been okay for. What I consider a 1970s or early 80s superhero movie where you weren't expecting no. much out of it at all, you know? No, it's exact, it's exactly the opposite. It would have been horrible for a 1970s or 80s superhero film. It's perfect for this era where people miss the goddamn point. Dan, welcome. <laughs> well, I, I agree with Matthew. I think um, I've been let down myself by a lot of the DC uh, uh, cinema world thus far pretty much with the exception of chris nolan's uh dark knight trilogy well those don't count i think everything else dc is essentially diet marvel i think marvel has made tremendous moves over the last decade plus and dc is just always a step behind yeah uh, that's true um and i think that this is even my problems that aren't even the fact that it always tries to like catch up with marvel and i think there's things that dc does a little bit better like especially with like color palette and production design stuff. Marvel stuff is shot very flat. Where I don't like the color grading that's on the DC movies, but at least they're trying. Like, at least it's trying to look different. Like, it always winds up looking like it's a garbage bag. It's <laughs> going through a garbage bag. Hey, dude, hit mute when you're coughing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> my biggest problem with... Cares. My biggest problem with Man of Steel is the fact that they wanted an excuse for Superman to kill. So they create this situation where they think that Superman has to kill in order to stop Zod. And the fact that tens of thousands of people died before that scene, when Metropolis is leveled to the ground, like, that. Bo- that I don't think that's the way a Superman story is supposed to be. Like, Superman is a character that's supposed to inspire hope and passion 
from people. Not it's not the Punisher. It's not Batman. Like you do that to Superman because you want to see him kill someone because you think it's cool or you think it justifies him or you think it's more real. Like I'm looking for realism in a story about a superpowered alien. Hmm. Like it it just it just bugs me because it's not right. Like that is the most nihilistic Randian piece of superhero fiction that's ever been created. And like not a day goes by that I don't think about how much I've disliked those movies and how much that superhero universe got off into the wrong foot with Man of Steel. Wonder Woman is really good. But that's um that's become an aberration. Shazam was fun. Yeah, I feel like it's been, the, uh, it's been the it's been the it's been the the DC passion right now to make the films dark. You know, let's make everybody speak with gravel in their throat and make it dark, which works like crazy for many characters. But man, they've just proven many, many times it does not work for Superman. Like it's, it's not, not like entertaining like or fun. I mean, it's I could see watching that movie once and going all right, and then walking away and going. I'll never watch that again, or I don't really care to watch it again. But oh, it's it's uh, Superman needs to be fun above all. There is there needs to be something light about a being that's completely perfect. Or no, see, that, and this is where I'll argue with you: Superman is not a being that's completely perfect. Superman is a being that inspires people to be better than themselves. Superman is about hope. And I did, and I think that it doesn't need to be light. Like some of the best Superman stories ever written are dark stories. But Superman has to be the light of the world. Like otherwise, why wouldn't he? If Superman thought and acted like a regular person, he would he would conquer and and, and be a despot. I think you're like, right. Superman I think can't be not that. darkness, <laughs> but just grit. You know, I mean, I think it tries to play in the world of Batman. It plays in mm-hmm. a world of really dark, gritty film noir. And you could be you does, could have a dark not Superman. Superman. You could have an evil Superman, but just to the point where it's not so gray. Like Superman has lo- to be um in a color. You know? There has to be some yeah. um some vibrance to Superman yeah. in order for you to really feel what the character is really about. Um, Superman is the most to be fun the version of, the, of world. the character, in my opinion. Well, the, I mean, it doesn't like fun. Almost like Marvel should be fun. Like Marvel movies are fun. That's why they work. But there are also some heavy elements into it that when stuff happens, you feel things. In these DC movies, it's just like it's just things happening, and you don't really feel for them. Like I, I just I don't think these movies work on the way they that they want them to and it comes down to the fact they cast the right guy henry cavill could have been a great superman but you got you know another guy who could have been great kevin costner playing jonathan kent who doesn't who's telling him to let people die it just it doesn't it doesn't work it's like Zack snyder just loved atlas shrugged so much that he felt the need to make it as superman it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me so the point of the Story Builder podcast is we start with a little mini rant on whatever's on our mind with pop culture, storytelling, and then we kind of go from there. And we take an hour to build a story from scratch. And it's not a perfect story, but it's basically like, all right, you've got a loose idea. How do you build a story that then you can go off and create? So that's kind of the idea. I'm, I'm a novelist. Um, Dan is a, a director with the De- Directors Guild of America. 
my brother Matt is a, a he's getting to be a writer. He's worked in film and television for the last decade plus, and he's uh, really starting his writing journey. Pretty much now, getting his own things going. So that's kind of the idea of the show. Is we're just gonna build an idea from scratch. And it was supposed to be my week to come up with an idea, but I forgot we were going to do the show today. So I came in armed with nothing. You were Hence armed with nothing. You, you were armed with a huge steaming dump on somebody else's writing. I didn't take a dump take on somebody that, else's writing. Take that, Superman. It's not, no, 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 take no, that, no, no, Superman. No, no, David Goyer's not a bad writer. Oh, I'm not God, saying no. that. I don't, think, I don't think he gets Superman, though. And I'm not alone in this. Most comic book writers... Don't it might not Superman be the writer's the right. point of view either. I mean, it's. I, I think oh, Goyer no, wrote the story that he was, you know, told to to write. I think yeah, DC he was, was trying. It, as much as Marvel takes uh, a strong hold of the reins of their stories, I think DC does the same. And DC, no, it's the opposite. DC. I mean, no, I think DC, DC is just trying to well. catch up as fast as possible That's to true. make a big extravaganza. Whereas Marvel had a benefit of timing of, of time to breathe. And slowly build up their stories, and unfortunately, when you do that, when you try to play catch up, you just try to move from one thing to the next. And the fastest and best way to do that is just to have exposition told on screen. Just to have your character say, I'm doing, this, "I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this." Just to get from point A to point B to point C as fast as you possibly can, because yeah. in your mind, what's cool is point E, um, and that just takes away a lot of the. Uh, the useless wandering, which is the fun parts of characters, which is the fun parts that when they mess up, they make mistakes, they do their own things, they go off on their own little side ideas. And that's when you get to learn about who those characters are. That's what makes them kind of fun to learn about, who you can compare them to in your mind. And when you're doing exposition like that, it's, it's, it's fun. It's necessary to get, you know, to get from one place quick to another. And once in a while in a story, it's perfectly fine. But uh, I think a lot of the DC problems are just that. They're just trying to play catch up to Marvel and get to their get to their Thanos as fast as they possibly could. Throw as many characters on screen as possible. And uh, just, unfortunately, it really doesn't work. Oh, they're still making them, they, so what the heck? What do I know? They're, actually, they're not. They've, they've, re, they've reformed and tried to refocus. They were trying to get to Darkseid as quick as possible with Justice League 2, but Justice League 1 was, so, was such a hard thing to follow that um it just it just didn't work so let's let's get focused and let's let's uh let's build a story who's got an idea to throw out because it ain't this guy (laughs) (laughs) it was your turn i did one it was my turn dan did one and now it's you Uh, well would you what what would you do for a super for a superman movie how would I build a Superman movie? Yeah. What would right, be your ideas do, for a Superman movie? Since my days of trying to be a director are done, I can lay this all out and not worry about anything. Gentlemen, the hour has begun. So I think the most important thing about Superman is understanding the core of what he is, and that is a character that is about hope. Like, all, all comic characters have a big part of the era they created them as part of their DNA. And what Superman is at his core is a New Deal Democrat, a Roosevelt-style Democrat built by uh, two Jewish kids from Cleveland. And J.D. just so lost two-thirds a- of the audience. <laughs> by saying that's Democrat. That's what he is. And, say- <laughs> and saying Jewish kid. But that's what Superman is. No. Cal-, Cal L. The guy's name is Cal L. Like, yeah. there's a reason. I mean, that's 
that's what he is. That's what and you have to understand what the character is. Like people, like I know people say, "Oh, Superman is perfect." Superman is a Boy Scout, and that is that's where you lose what makes Superman special. Superman is the best of us because Superman is not human and has grown up wanting to be human. He aspires to be us, and he almost he looks at people as like the best of what they are. Right? He doesn't like like Batman has this very myopic view of people where he he doesn't like what he sees when he looks at humanity. Superman looks at humanity and just sees potential, the potential to be better than what they are because he is better than what we are. So I mean Superman is always trying to lift people up. And you have to understand it. Like the second you start having Superman you know, be grim and gritty, and you you just miss the you miss the point of what he is. So I think that if I was building a Superman movie, um, I think the I think a lot of the the structure that that um, Richard Donner created in seventy eight is where I would start from. Like I think I think the best way to start would be kind of like with um, Kryptonians coming toward Earth, and then you flashback. And I would spend a little more time on Krypton, and I would actually steal a little bit from... There's an Alan Moore story called... I'm doing all the talking in this episode, so please jump in, guys. Um, <laughs> there's an Alan Moore, Moore story uh, called For the Man Who Has Everything. It's this really cool Superman story. It's Superman... Um, do you guys know Alan Moore when I say the name Alan Moore? Yeah, the Watchman yeah. and uh, Swamp Watchmen. Thing. And, what? Yes, yeah. man with Vendetta. Long, the yeah. man with the long beard who looks crazy. Yeah. Is crazy, in fact. Um... <laughs> He has a, super, yeah, a, he has a Superman story. story. He has a Superman story where Batman, Robin, and Wonder Woman are visiting him on his birthday in the uh, in the um, Fortress of Solitude, and it's all what do you get? And the question is, what do you get for the man who has everything? That sounds like an and Alan they, Moore story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and they arrive. They arrive at Superman's and uh, at Superman's home, and he's got this giant plant strapped to his chest. And it's the, the villain is Mogul, and he is, he is, Superman is comatose. And what he's doing is he's envisioning his life on Krypton, had he never left and had Krypton never exploded. So he's literally, can they actually did an episode of Justice League, the, the TV show, the old animated show with the, about the same thing. And on that, you get a taste of what Krypton was like. And it's um, the more story is a lot darker than than the the Paul Dini I think I believe it was Paul Dini who wrote the uh, the Justice League version. It was actually Dwayne McDuffie who wrote the Justice League animated version. I would take some of the elements that are brought in, like the the idea of the Kryptonian cults, and the idea the that there was a more of a religious movement that was fighting over the fate of Krypton with Jor-El as the planet is going to die. So that way you build like because I would totally mirror it with what we have now with um, you know, climate change. And all that, and the people that are denying its existence, the worshippers of Rao, battling it out with the Science Guild, the people who want to, who think the planet is in danger, and the people in charge are, or not the people in charge, I'm sorry, Jarrell is the one who's trying to be like, we have to do something and no one listens to him. And then he has to throw out his son. I mean, the, there's nothing wrong with the origin. It works perfectly. And I, I still love to this day the, uh, where he took the Zod, Ursa, and Nan and throw, puts him in the Phantom Zone. Like, that's a great way, because that's, that's his plan, is he's going to save his family by putting them into the Phantom Zone. Doesn't have enough time to make it work, so he has to fire Superman off into a rocket ship. 
Now you have to now in the first the the Donner movie it, it really divorces itself from that that moment. It becomes something completely different. What I would do from there is I would take and this is like what Snyder did a little bit. It actually worked. Snyder had Zod's people finding him, and then the chaos ensues. I would actually take that moment and have um, something Kryptonian trying to either find Superman or escape from the Phantom Zone. Okay. In fact, that's me, what I'd probably do. I would me, have let Lex me challenge Luthor. you with this then. Please, please, I, I've been I, babbling. I, Someone no, else jump I, in. I, I see this going down the route that is of the origin story or near to the origin I, yeah, story. And I, I think I'm going to challenge you with the, uh, the modern Spider-Man effect, meaning we already know who he is. Mm-hmm. Just get to a story. Like get to another one. Like tell me the vulture story. Tell me the Mysterio story. So what is the next Superman story? Maybe, maybe I, I don't know if you have to work with um, the, uh, the Snyder movies already, but work with in, in that universe but uh what would you do uh, to uh, this culture who already kind of knows superman and kind of questions who superman is now because they they know the old richard donner superman they know <laughs> the shining colors there and they know the dark grit of the snyder one so they both are like i want um, some people like his guy some people like that guy they're kind of on the fence so what would you tell okay this is a new new chance I'm going to move on the next story of Superman and redirect and redirect kind of what I like to think about with Superman. So what would be your next, uh, the continuation of the Superman story today? See, I, I disagree. No, see, I think that the origin story, cause it hasn't been done right. Okay. Like it hasn't, it hasn't been exploited to its fullest. Like, yes, we all know. Yeah. Everyone knows Batman's parents get shot. It still works. Right, it's still like Uncle Ben. It does work. Like just be in in Superman. We so did your see Superman it, story it, would have Batman's parents get shot. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe. There's no Batman. Martha, there's there's no Batman. We're just gonna cross the street and see the theater, <laughs> and then I'll no, be in I the background. That, I really, so if <laughs> I would, so, what I would really okay, if you're gonna say skip the origin stuff, what I would really want to do is I would tell a story about Lex Luthor, the guy who has every, the guy who does have everything. Okay. Right. And I would portray Luthor as somewhere between um, the best Lex Luthor, I think, that's been that's ever been done is the Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. He is the most Luthor like. And it's he he also had six or eight years to play with the character before he left the show. So you get a ton of you get a ton of development with that Lex Luthor. What I would want to see from this Luthor, and I thought this is where they were going to go with it in the in the Snyderverse, but they didn't was something that's a little more like a like a tech genius like a Bill Gates or a uh, Zuckerberg type of guy mm-hmm. that is so angry about Superman that he's going to expose him and I think that people mess this up is I think Luthor's Luthor doesn't trust aliens like the idea what really discussed Luthor about Superman is the fact that no matter what Lex Luthor does no matter how smart he is no matter how hard he trains his body no matter what he builds he is an ant to superman he is the only one including superman himself that sees superman for what he is and it scares him he's absolutely terrified of superman so it's exploring so that what, concept of this is what xenophobia. i would do and i would xenophobia absolute xenophobia 
And I would have Luthor, who literally has everything. He's not a criminal mastermind. He's shady as all get out, but he's not a criminal mastermind. Try to figure out a way to show the world what Superman is. And in that process, really brings himself down. Like his own hubris would bring him down. So, I mean, for the, if you're talking like the second Superman story. What if he succeeds? Or like... What's that? What if Luther succeeds? How does he succeed? What does that mean? I, I'm just... This is where a, a new exploration of the story could go. It could be something to the lines of... Um, so you do go the Dark Knight route. Meaning the bad guy kind of wins. I got to hide in the shadows for a while. Or I got to let the world think the bad guy won. Because the world's better off thinking that way. No, I don't think you let the world think that the bad guy won. I do think you need a moment where Luthor... A moment where Luthor turns the world against Superman. And that's the story. Is where Superman is the... I think the story that has not been told right is the story... And this, I haven't got to this yet, but this is what the, it has to be. Okay. The world has to fall in love with Superman. And it can't be just he saves people. And I think that's how you start off. You have Luthor questioning it. Being like, look... Why, why? I mean, just how it happens these planes fall out of the sky when this magic person suddenly appears. Mm-hmm. He saved, like, imagine yeah, Luke. You saved the cat. Uh, That's the easiest right, way then, to, yes. to, to show any superhero, let alone Correct. Superman. So how do, you, then, how do you not save the cat? How do you... No, I think you do save the cat. And then you have Luthor go on Hannity the next day and say, why was the cat in that tree? What is the deep state conspiracy? Okay. That's being built to prop up this God amongst men. When what would a God do when he walks amongst men? A God is sent forth to have men rule him, to have men worship him. So the deep state isn't run by lizard people? It's run by Kryptonians? This this is not a Jericho story. So there's no lizard people. (laughs) Plug for Jericho. I I do like the... Is there that uh, hashtag, by the way? Plugs for Jericho? Is that the... Plugs for Jericho. I, I do like that, that, uh, that juxtaposition in your story, JD, with uh, you know, with with the xenophobia and with uh, you know Lex Luthor going on Hannity the next day, and just you know the parallels that you could draw to to the current political climate. With that's it. and that's what I would do. I would use I would use Superman like an almost like I'm not sorry. I would use Luthor almost like imagine if Trump was a little bit smoother. Yeah, like, cause oh Trump, well, Trump is just, he, 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 he appeals to the lowest common denominator where I would have Luthor be almost like, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson okay. trying to appeal to the intellectuals and get people to question it. And he could be like, I'm not saying Superman's evil. I'm just saying, why do you think he's doing these things? And then Luthor is pushed to prove his theory. Okay. So then I would what I, then what I would do is I would incorporate what I would do is I would incorporate a third villain, like a second villain, not a third villain. I would incorporate Brainiac. And my favorite and this is this is in my version of how Krypton is destroyed, I'm gonna steal from the animated series, and that Brainiac is the uh the the uh, artificial intelligence that runs Krypton. Okay. And that he he brain this is this isn't this is Paul Denise Superman from the mid nineties. I, I will admit that, that I'm kind of saddened we didn't go with the Mr. Mixaplick route. Mr. Just because I love saying that name. I have a great <laughs> it's it's Mixia Spitlick. <laughs> Sorry. My alien isn't once what it what it once was. It's not alien, I it's fifth dimension. In a long time. He's an he's an imp from the fifth dimension. Get it straight. 
the fifth dimension. I love that band. Yes, this was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. In oh, fact, no. He's, so he's the trickster. He's like the Loki of like Superman. So it could have been kind yes, of could have been kind of fun totally. to play with that world. Anyway, you could play you could play that, but not for that's Superman four, or Superman's a TV show. You play with Mixed Spitlick. Um, yeah. But anyways, so Brainiac is the artificial intelligence that covered up that Krypton was going to be destroyed to yes. save itself. So Brainiac manifests itself as a human who is now not a human, but a humanoid type creature that is an artificial intelligence that's going around the universe collecting, collecting information. Because Brainiac, the original Brainiac, he puts the cities in the bottles, right? Yes. So I think you can do the same thing with instead this Brainiac takes digital impressions of everything. So he's going around collecting information from all these <laughs> so worlds he's a and Google destroying truck? it. Kind of. <laughs> okay. Kind of. So he's just taking images so, of everything? No, he's data. He's just ripping the data from everything. Okay. Like, he's making records. Like, he just wants... Like, he's a giant hard drive that consumes. Essentially kind of like uh, like that technology that they used in The Dark Knight to find the Joker, but on kind steroids. Of, kind of. Yeah, very yeah, much he's, so. He's Jarvis. It, he's... Yeah. I guess, he's Jar- yeah. Jar- Jar- he's very, Jarvis. He's uh, Ultron. More like Ultron, but with... Um, but with a different, like the Ultron that that they did in in, in the Avengers movie is definitely more like the Brainiac. Than Will he be the as Ultron throwaway as Ultron was? Boy, I hope not. <laughs> so that's what I would do. Is I think Luthor Luthor is challenged to create a better artificial intelligence that can compete, so he can compete with Superman. And in his quest to do that, he he earns the attention of Brainiac. Because these are the best Silver Age stories, or the Bronze Age stories, excuse me, are the Luthor Brainiac team-up stories. Okay. So that's what I would do. I would have Can Brainiac... I challenge you with one more thing? Let me, pitch, let me finish pitch my pitch. pitch and then okay. Go yeah. And then I would have Luthor and Brainiac working like a scheme where Luthor, they're both trying, like what I have is I'd have Luthor and Brainiac both manipulating each other. Is Luthor underestimates how powerful Brainiac is and he wants to use Brainiac to become part of his system. Like, imagine Luthor trying to use Brainiac to become what, like, 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 like Lex Windows or, or, or you know, uh, Lex iOS. Mm-hmm. That would be the Brainiac system. Whereas Brainiac is going to use Luthor and his systems to rip all the memory of Earth and eradicate it so it can move on. Okay. And then at the end, I would do some type of a, like, just for the, the big fight, like the, uh, I would have Luthor build his suit. Only it's powered by Brainiac. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, that's what I would do. It's not perfect. Again, I wasn't planning on doing this, so I don't have the <laughs> the big pitch. But I have thought a lot about this of what I would like to do if I had Superman. I would have Superman versus Brainiac, the relic of his own past, versus Luthor, who is uh, challenging him for what he is in the human race. So you have a villain that challenges both his human side and his Kryptonian side. And in order to beat them both, Clark Kent and Sue, like, Clark, okay, there's always this, like, like what, Quentin, what Quentin Tarantino says in Kill Bill is wrong. Like, his whole spiel that uh, Clark Kent is weak and stupid because that's how Superman views humanity. Wrong. Yeah. Clark, Clark Kent is the guy. Superman is a put-on, and Kal-El doesn't exist. I agree with you. I, Kal- I think it's one of those things that makes him different than Batman, is that Batman right. would rather be Batman, but just has to be Bruce as well. Like, right. Superman would rather be Clark Kent. Right. Superman doesn't wear a mask because he doesn't think he needs to. People aren't trying to figure out who Superman is. 
Right? Why would you try to figure out a guy who doesn't wear a mask? Well, you're saying that Superman believes in the best in people. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't he try to bring out the best in Lex? He does. He does the whole time. What I mean is that it's uh, it's starting to follow the uh, the route of the superhero. Um, not only has he got to fight one bad guy, he's got to fight two bad guys, and it's like he's got to beat them both. Can he do it? That's always an interesting story. But is it? It's a trope. A different... It's a trope. It's a it's a trope, but it works. You know, it's a storytelling trope, but it works. Would if Brady gets so powerful that Lex and Superman realize they have to team up? Mm-hmm. Or Lex has to abandon who's Le- who Lex is for the moment. Or even Superman has to abandon who Superman is for the moment. And that's no, a- that you can't have that. That can't happen. Superman cannot abandon what he is. He can be tempted. Like, and I almost don't mind having a I last guess what temptation I mean, is of like Superman. The image that he's trying to project, or the, the image the world sees of him. Like, would he be able to be like? Uh, could could he like be the Dark Knight in the fact that I can be whatever my city wants me to be? If, I need, if they, if they need to think of me as the bad guy right now in order for everything to be better, maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe Lex actually wins. Maybe Superman actually loses, but the but uh, I almost said Gotham wins. <laughs> but Metropolis wins instead. Uh, but I think that's I think that's the error in your story of your idea because that is the Dark Knight. True. I, I just try to think of ways to not throw Brainiac away because I think Lex Brainiac isn't the no. Lex Superman is always the dynamic. That that's like the Batman Joker dynamic with a, a different feel to it. Uh, it is Brainiac in this story is. is like a speed bump along the way. No, and I think that's kind of no, losing no, no. what what Brainiac's power it, is. It is. He's an You're also correct. ran. No, he's not. Brainiac is what Brainiac is. Is Brainiac is a bridge to who Superman? And this is the, the true story. Is it's what I would do? The core of Superman is him trying to find his balance. How do you balance Clark? With Kal-El. How does a how does a person of two worlds find his balance in this new one? Right? So Brainiac would be the enemy of Kal-El, while Luthor would be the enemy of Superman. And he has to fight a war on both fronts. And it's really the story is Superman. It's not it's not Superman's relationship with Metropolis, which is what you're which is what you're at. I'm not saying that's a bad idea, that's just not what I would do. What I would try to do is I would try to have the story of Superman is that Clark Kent came up wanting to become, wanting to use his powers to help people. But his whole life he's been told, you have to, you can't let people know what you are. So rather than just being Clark Kent the superhero, he creates Superman the mask, the, the false persona. And now has the, the whole, oh, he has to change, he has to do this, he has to, you know, have to wear the glasses so people don't know. And my story would be that balance is impossible to keep. So he has to find the true self. He has to embrace his who he is, which is Clark Kent, versus who his father, Jarrell, wanted him to be, Kal-El. That merged persona, like when we all find that, we all have to find the different parts of who we are. Even Superman. Like Superman has to find the best parts of Clark and the best parts of what could be Kal-El to find Superman. That would be the story I want. I would tell. Like... And Luthor is just Luthor is just a personification of the dark side of humanity. Brainiac is the personification of the dark side of Krypton. And you have to you have to defeat the two evil sides of your two different natures to find the best side of you. Yeah, 
what if hey, dance in order show. in order to defeat both sides of your nature, you have to team up with one of those sides? That's actually not a bad. What that's if, actually that's not bad. What if you know you you want the end game of Superman's journey and your story to be you know finding that that balance. But in order to find that balance, he has to dive into the dark side a little bit. So maybe, uh, maybe Brainiac. Yeah. You know, wait. What, was was that the character's name? Mm-hmm. Brainiac. Yeah. Lex yeah. and Brainiac. Maybe. Yeah. So so Lex is, has recruited Brainiac to, to to work with him. You know, essentially making uh, you know his uh, his powers, his traits, you know, work for him. Now, what if Brainiac? Decides to try to turn the tables on Lex. Gets a little bit greedy. Forcing Lex. The only way Lex can can defeat him is with Superman's help. I agree with that. I think I think that's the natural progression of the story. Because Luthor, in his effort... Like, I think that works perfectly. And that's where I was going to go with it. Because Luth- Brainiac is... Like, Luthor thinks he's manipulating Brainiac when all he's really done is open Brainiac up to the entire planet. And Luthor, in his effort to defeat this... This untrustworthy alien betrays everything he believes in by teaming up with an untrustworthy alien that destroys everything. So when Superman has to, in order for Superman to embrace the best parts of humanity, he literally has to work with the worst part of it, which is greed, corruption, distrust to save the planet. And I think it would be a great ending is if Luthor does wind up getting a lot of credit for helping save the world. And there's this uneasy balance. Because once Lex Luthor goes to jail, he can never come back, right? You would never have him have a... Like, no one would ever, like, trust him again. I think that's something that needs to be embraced. I don't... I think the public, like Trump, half the public should be like, Luthor's a good guy. We should trust Lex Luthor. Well, maybe... Huh. Okay. I, I was going about the angle of, why don't we team up Lex and Superman to defeat Brainiac? But I think the best of Superman is to bring out the humanity in people. Yes. So yes. instead of trying to bring out the humanity that's already in Lex, has anybody ever tried to bring out the humanity in Brainiac? No, because there is none. I think exactly. that's what's important. There has been it, nothing exposed of it. He's the he's the epitome of having no humanity. I, I get that. Right. What if there's a story of, you know, you'd be better, Brainiac, if you were a little human. And I think that's tonight. And I think okay. And now so Superman and Brainiac have to team up to defeat Lex. I think that doesn't work as well because Le- because Brainiac is just so damn powerful. But what I like is if Lex is if Lex tries to make Brainiac a little more human, and Brainiac does develop some emotions and, and takes on some of Lex's worst qualities: the greed, the po- the the fear. You know, and that forces Brainiac to get sloppy, and that's what kind of allows him to be beaten. Because Brainiac successfully destroys all these planets by being cold and calculating. If he embraces a little bit of the Luthorness, it's a chink in the armor. And that's also another story of like the what how humanity needs to aspire to be better. They're able to take Luth they're able to take Brainiac down by making it more like us. Isn't that what Luther's doing though? If he's, yes, if, absolutely. If he's if if Brainiac's able to become a little bit evil, isn't he less alien then? Shouldn't yes. shouldn't the failure be Lex can't make him more human? No, I think Lex. No, I think I disagree. I see where you're going with this, but I think Lex does make it more human. 
and it makes it more dangerous, but it also makes it more defeatable. I guess I'm just thinking like making it more human, making it more emotion, making it more emotive is making a right. robot more emotive, which is uh, uh, the the trope, the idea. It's it is Ultron. It is, that, that's what Ultron used a little bit. And I'm trying to think. Okay, what if the opposite? And I'm just I, I always tend to think no, this, this way. Is... I always tend to like go. Okay, you're going this way. What if we hit reverse and try to like do the opposite no. of that idea? So I'm thinking what, like what, what, what if Brainiac was not uh, I guess the power of Brainiac itself is trying to be not human is being not human no I think that it is not human by yeah. making it Brainiac become human you've you actually opened it up to be defeated like you've given because like realistically you can't defeat so what, what if Lex learned right. something by this whole thing meaning like he's terrified oh, yeah. of what Superman could be and right. it's because there's no, you can't um, humanly appeal to Superman is what his fear is because he's cold, he's dead on the inside, he's an alien, he's never going to be like us. There's no way we're going to be able to really communicate with him. What if that that's what Brainiac is? What if it shows yes. like, you know, Superman may be crazy, but he's better than Brainiac. I, I do think that because I think Luthor is a survivalist. But I was trying to get to what you were saying. Like, Luth what makes Brainiac different than Ultron is that Brainiac has a ton of experience behind him. Ultron has a weekend in Avengers. Yeah. Like, what makes Brainiac different is that he's done this. It's this true. Is what he uh, yeah. is. Ultron was, a, Luthor, was a growing Luthor, culture. Was a little bit of a germ just starting correct. to get bigger. And getting that taste correct. of greed of growing and growing and growing. Right. Right. And, and Brainiac's been doing this, and all Luthor does is it it's time with Luthor and with humanity poisons it. So, literally, it's the dark side of humanity that brings down Brainiac, whereas Superman has to inspire the hope of humanity. Like, this is like, you get the two sides of the coin here. Superman had the two Kryptonians, right? The, the computer becomes the more dark side of humanity, where the human, or the, the, the um, human's a bad term, the... Um, for lack of a better term, human. Kryptonian individual has to embrace the best parts of humanity to beat him. And then Luthor, I think at the end of the day, winds up being a puppet master who manipulates the whole thing, gets away with it, and is actually emboldened by the process. They have to work together for survival, but at the end of the day, Brainiac was the villain. Despite Luthor pulling all the strings to make it possible, nothing sticks to him. Even though Superman knows better. It's and I like the idea of the uh the the idea that Superman also I like the idea of one of Superman having a a villain he can't punch. Right? So he has to use his mind and his intellect to defeat them both. Two, I like the idea that the Luthor is kind of untouchable. Because that's a real thing. And that's so Superman has to figure out, like, they both have to exist, they have to coexist in this world, where Luthor is evil, and Superman will have to stop him from being evil, but 50% of the, of the country will never turn on him. Okay. Superman can't punch That's my idea. Superman I mean, can't punch him. <laughs> Do you mean if he tries to punch and fails? Can't. No, no, no. He can't punch Lex Luthor. He'll kill him. True. And he, he can't kill. 
He, he also he could he could punch a bunch of Brainiac bodies, but Brainiac is an artificial intelligence. I guess what I mean by that is so everybody you, wants to see the fist fight. Still, you still want to see the, you the super heavyweight you punch a guy once. You know, of course. And right, which is why I, I do want to see I do want to see Brainiac in like in the Lex robot suit with Lex piloting it with Brainiac at the controls. What if Superman so does hit that. him, and that's how humanity turns against Superman? Like Luther that's is a, like you know, mobilized by it. It could, but that's an act one. That's an act one problem. You're right. You're right. That's not a solution to a story. That's you just being like, "What if we did this?" And I'm like, "Okay, well then you don't." Then the villain wins, and Superman killed the person, and then we don't have a story. And I don't. That's that's the Zack Snyder paradigm. What if we had him break his neck? That would be cool. No, that's not Superman. Superman has to outsmart it. And I think by Brainiac piloting, by Brainiac piloting the Luthor suit with Luthor inside it, Superman can't go ham on it. Superman has to not kill his arch enemy to stop him. He has to defeat him. I do like that point of view. I'm just worried about, in the end, it's going to be a battle of different things. And I'm feeling like... Oh, he's got to do his whole... He's just got to pull his punches. Could easily turn in, this kind of story could easily turn into um, uh, Superman just beating up a bunch of, like, nobody bad guys. No, it should be him beating a bunch of drones and, and stuff Instead like of, that, like, you... having a good fight with Luther or a good fight with Brainiac. You have him beat up, you... like, a million, like, you know, zombies. A million you undead things. A million no, you, uh, spawn yeah, robots. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you can't do that. But at the end of the day, you're gonna have to have, you're going to have to have a conflict that does do a little bit more mental damage than anything. It yes, has to be a little bit more creative. Like, because I like the idea of Superman having to fight this robot, this like battle, this mecha, if you will, and he can't, he can't haul off and punch it as hard as he can. Can't. Like it's like it's it's no different than a hero going into a battle with uh, without a sword or injured, right? Superman can't unload. He has to hold his punches. He has to. I agree with that concept. I, lo- I love that idea that the samurai with the sword knows he could take a swipe and kill the other samurai, but chooses not to do it the entire time. Yeah, he ha- yeah because he can't. Because he can't kill Luthor, because then he becomes everything Luthor but has warned I the guess world he is. He doesn't want to. Saying he can't no, to me to. sounds like his arms are tied behind his back. No, no yeah, yeah. Like you're, he's you're been right, like right. He, hit with a Krypton ball and now he can't. No, and he has it. It's like and he has I don't it. want to do this because right, that, right, right. My yeah, because I'm choosing like said, not to fight. Right, because then he becomes everything that Luthor said he would. <laughs> Superman it's, is a pacifist. It's the same as when Obi Wan faced off with Darth Vader. I don't know. He cut Darth Vader's legs off and left no, him die. I'm, I'm talking about, him talking about in a new hope. In a, in a new hope. Okay. He he. That's, a, that's so or, funny. Or I was about, on the same how, page with Dan. I totally got that. And then Jay's like, "Yeah, we cut his legs off." No, he didn't. He wait. Yeah, the other movie. I totally forgot about that battle for a second. The much the much cooler of the two battles. I totally forgot but in, about. But in order to prevent yourself from becoming that evil, you essentially have to allow that evil to come out on top so maybe at the you know at at that point in your story you know luther does come out on top i agree i think that luthor has to be given i think they both i think it'd be great is if like if you have like the president like lift like raising both of their hands to a cheering crowd and they both look at each other like i fucking hate this guy 
and I have to share it. Like Luthor is like, I can't believe I have to share the stage with this disgusting alien guh. And Superman's like, are you fucking kidding me? This guy started the whole damn thing. Yeah, I, I, I love that idea. Maybe yeah, think and of, I like uh, the <laughs> the Bob Marley. Um, I don't know, the old Bob Marley story of uh, what was it, Jamaica uh, running a new president for Jamaica, and they they both wanted Bob Marley's vote because they knew it would, it would count for a lot of votes in one way, and he, he invited so he, both of them on stage and raised both of their hands, both and they their were hands both pissed off like crazy because <laughs> they didn't want to be on one side or the other. Right. Yeah. And Bob Marley. I, I, I love yeah. that idea. I mean, we could do it with the president. I think it's the obvious political well, figure. The obvious political with. figure. Do it with. Yeah. Like yeah. And then that's what I, that is what I would do is I would have, cause I do think, yeah, the best part of Luthor, the best Luthor story ever is the, when Luthor becomes president. And I think that should absolutely be a movie. And that's when Luthor goes down. And then if he ever comes back, you could have him be the mad scientist guy, but you have to build Luthor up so that his eventual fall takes place. Like Luthor should not be a villain in one Superman movie. Luthor should be a villain in four Superman movies. Yeah, because Luthor have, himself could be a three act play. Yeah, absolutely. Luthor oh, is like totally. Luthor is one of the most fascinating characters. Like Superman is great. Luthor is a, is such an under underutilized, under under understood. I don't know if that's like a, a phrase. Like he he's not. People don't grasp what Luthor is capable of. Like he is. He's so the is this the Luthor movie then? No, it's both because I think I mean, the could this be like simply like Jack Nicholson's Batman, where no, what, be, it is the Joker <clears throat> movie. Where this could, could be it? like yeah. a, this could be the point of view of Luther the entire time, where it is the first act of the Luther trilogy. No, I think you mirror it. I think you do a mirror story with the two of them because you can have your antagonist have his own journey too. Mm-hmm. And because you play it out over four films, you don't have to have him eating the movie, the, eating the screen the entire time. Jack Nicholson was the villain in one movie. Yes. Like Luthor, if he's if he's not even the main villain, if he's just a constant force in three to four movies, you play a good story. Like, and that's what Luthor should be. Luthor shouldn't be a guy who just shows up on occasion. Luthor should be the constant reminder to Superman that no matter what he does, no matter how great he is and how much inspiration he can he can try, there's always going to be a segment of the population that doesn't buy it. And there's always going to be that one guy that he can't bring down. And I think that that is, that is my personal interpretation of Superman and Luthor, is that Luthor represents corporate America and the evils of capitalism, where no matter how good you are, these monsters are always going to be there. That's what I, that is the story I would tell. And again, like, I think you could do it, you could stretch it out. Like Superman 1 could absolutely be Brainiac comes to Earth, which I think it should be. Superman 2, I would totally embrace, just like Donner did. Then I would do Zod out of the Phantom Zone. I would put a different spin on it. Superman 3, I'd probably have Luthor elected president. And it's that whole, and it would be that thing. Um, maybe, matter there's a million ideas I could do. And then eventually I would love to do Darkseid. But I think you have to set that up and, you know... Okay, so the, the uh, let's say the, let's say the this Brainiac Luther story, Superman, mm-hmm. would this be a three act story to you? Would this be a four yeah. act story to you? I write three would, act. What would this I'd be? probably be a, I would probably do a yes, I would do a three act, but I might I might have to make it a four act because there's so much backstory and I don't want to ignore what happened on Krypton. Now, J- JD, what do you think of? For one of those acts, telling the story entirely from Lex Luthor's perspective. 
it's not a Superman movie, like Matt said. I think you got to balance it. I mean, I think if if you told that same story from both sides, you could get a totally different story out of it that that might you know you, advance you, the other. You could. Like, I think it's got to be a balance. Like, I think that there's nothing wrong with what I would. So, what I would personally, what I would do is I would do Superman's life, and you would see him. So you get like come up, you get connected with him. What I would do for Luthor is I would totally rip off the backstory in Iron Man. I would almost do it like shot for shot, like how they do Iron Man's past. Because I would, because mm-hmm. Lex Luthor is abs- could absolutely be Tony Stark. Like Lex Luthor is Tony Stark without the, without the um, humanity. Would you? So that's how I. Uh, assuming people already know the backstory of Superman, mm-hmm. they don't really know the backstory of Luthor. No, so I, how would, no, you, ex- and I would, would you explore those both at the same time, like in Act One kind of thing, or would it be like an no, Act One would just be exploring Superman growing up? My Act One would be exploring Superman growing up, but having like the the specter of Luthor floating in the back, and then when you meet Luthor, because I think that what I would like to do. Okay, so and I've always had this idea, and it's never really been done in a movie, but I think it'd be really good. Like, imagine if they did a short film before movies started. So instead of doing a trailer for a movie, what if you did like a five-minute short? Okay. And what I would do is I would do the destruction of Krypton as its own movie. That would be part of the previews. So instead of getting a preview for the movie, you would get a five-minute short that would play before, I don't know, this year's Oscar contender. Like, that's what I would do. And then... Well, yeah, this this year's Oscar contender would be Luther. Would be like instead, well, but instead of Joker, it would be <laughs> it'd be Joaquin Phoenix playing Lex Luthor. Right, and I don't don't get me started. I don't I don't like that. And it could actually that actually could be done. But like that's what I would do. So that you could actually, if you want to get away from that, what you're saying, Matt, is doing the whole origin story because everybody knows it. I would do it as a you short. Get away from it. I'm just saying you you can save time. You can explore you could. So, many other he, things with having so already much, kind of known it. But not without not with the biggest problem with Man of Steel was like Kevin Costner reinventing who the father was. You know what yeah, I mean? It was bad. And it wasn't like Kevin Gosford doing it. Obviously, he was just an actor. Yeah. But the story of like trying to say, like, oh, no, this is who his dad really was. Like, you just need... move on. Like, just get, get, to the, get to point B. I, I know right. point A. Like, I've seen it a dozen no. times. I can no, kind of even need... guess what point A was. You know, no, and I think you, you... I do think you need that. Although, if you could... You could add... What I would do... Okay. So, what I would do is I would do the destruction of Krypton as a movie. Let it live on YouTube. Let it live in theaters. Like, do that to hype the Superman movie. And then if you wanted, you could absolutely start it with Superman comes to with Clark Kent comes to Metropolis. Would I do that? No, I think that stuff is important. Or you could lay it all out in flashback as the movie goes along, which would be a different way to do that. You could do that, and then you throw you throw young Clark and and Lex at his peak in Metropolis at the same time, and then you could mirror their stories coming up together like that. How do you? How, how would you, you do, a, do that? a five minute like short film before a movie? Because essentially, you're you're saying in place of preview, watch this preview for a movie. Have you or do this five minute short or this news reel, and then mm-hmm. going into the story? A lot of movies just do that. Just actually have that in the actual beginning of a of a movie, and then it feeds into something else. Yeah, you could do that. That's that's one like a like a uh, like a Pixar movie. Um, as in. 
what? I'm sorry. I'm like paper, like the like the paper airplane movie that played like that what? played. I forget what Pixar movie they played before. Yes, okay. A lot of Disney's movie, Disney movies have like their five minute shorts before like cartoons movie. Yeah. 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 yeah like but i would yeah but i would do that for other movies to hype superman well i think it's it's kind of what what nolan did with with releasing the, yes. Uh, yes the opening sequence of the dark knight only right. doing it right before the dark knight right i think that could be pretty cool you know especially to, to those early audiences that go out and don't have a clue for it yeah and then i think he's coming and I think, I, I, yes, I remember, I remember we went and saw I Am Legend specifically so we yep. could see that scene. I want to see more of that. And that's what I would do. I would do the destruction of Krypton and establish Brainiac as the villain. So you would just do that. Well, the, the I, I guess what I'm confused by is you're saying like a five-minute short. Like comp- To me, mm-hmm. it's like you're saying the, it's, it's the Animatrix. It, it's something completely different than the actual movie. No, but attached it's a short... to it. So do you mean it's actually like the intro of the movie, or do you mean it's a five-minute short film before the movie actually starts? That's what I'm, I'm saying. It's about. a. I'm saying it's a five-minute short that starts that plays a year before you see Superman. Okay. That's you what were, I would. You do. guys were just describing like how cool seeing the intro of the Batman movie came out before you saw Batman, right. but it, it, that was the intro of the movie. It was. So would this like five minute short be the intro of this story? And how would you could actually it, do that? Could it be? Sure. Because it's a different story. You just have the tag. Hey, Plankton blows up. It's over. Superman, just like they did in the Donner movie. But I'm saying what you could also do if you're because you're on the whole thing. People don't need to see the origin. I say, fine. Yeah. If you don't need to see the origin, this is how you do it. And you could put it in the middle of the previews if you want it. Or you could not put it in at all. But I'm saying is you put it out a year ahead of time as a short film on its own and then everyone knows what's going on before you go in there. Or, you know, if you don't want to do it, you could absolutely put it on there at the beginning. It could be it could be ubiquitous like that. Okay. It's basically the the Marvel post-credit sequence for the pre-credit that, sequence that, that'll never be made. The, the pre-stinger. It's a pre-stinger. Yeah. Like but that's what I'm saying. It's like it's something that I would love to see done that isn't done. Like it would be very, very cool. It'd be a very cool way to advertise a movie is by creating a different movie. Like it'd be five minutes, maybe ten. A, a, a companion piece. A companion piece. That's a great way to say it. But it also acts as a, as a trailer. That's what I would do. So if you wanted to include it, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. And Matt, if Matt, if your concerns of no, we don't want to see Superboy or Super, yeah, the Superboy stuff, Smallville, absolutely, you could drop Clark right. We could start right away. Drop Clark right into uh, Metropolis with with Lex Luthor, and it's the story of the two of them. And then you can flash back if you wanted to, or you could sit there and say, hey, you know what, you know this. Here's the story. I would I would lean into the small stuff because I think that's important stuff for the character, but I can't argue your point of everybody knows it. Okay, hold on a second. So, uh, Brainiac and Luther team up, right? So, what if like this entire like five minute trailer of the history of Krypton is literally Brainiac showing it to Luther? I see where you're coming from with that. Um, I'm still trying like to make it is... part of the actual film. No, you know I don't I mean? want to. Part of the actual to story. It doesn't have no, to be. I'm think... just saying it's, it's, to me, it's, you're building something to build something else. Just yes, build something that's ex- else. that's exactly what it should be. Or make it part of it. You know what I mean? You, but it could actually, it could be part of it. 
Like, you could absolutely put this five-minute thing before the titles. You could, but it's more fun if you put it out before. And then if you do it the way you're saying, it's just like what Nolan did. And nothing wrong with that. I love that. But it's just an opportunity to do something different. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just worried that you need to see this to get the movie. You do need to see you it to I mean? get the movie. And that's you a, do. That, that, that's a huge issue that I hate. That I, no. I think a movie should stand yes. alone by itself. You shouldn't need to see a prequel or a, or a sequel or whatever yeah, to get that story. You're right. Like, you audience don't need is totally, You're It'd right. Audience is totally good. Matt, you're right. Audiences totally agree with you. That's why that's why Avengers Endgame was a complete failure. Okay, uh hi left field. How are you doing? But it's, I, I'm right that's, field. That's I Iron Man twenty that's Iron right Man twenty two. Endgame was event was Iron Man twenty two. Yeah. Totally. They made Iron Man one. It wasn't just a five minute trailer. But you could have done it that way. You absolutely could. Why not? Like, if you're saying, if you, the only reason we even say I, I love the idea of like the five minute short idea. Mm-hmm. I, I love that idea. I think it's really cool. I think it's like a, it's a time capsule by itself. Just why wouldn't that also be part of the actual film if it's actually? It could be. The film? I'm not you know? saying it can't be. I'm saying that you would just release it a year beforehand. Yeah, you could totally do so that. So that's what I would do. And that could you put it in part? Absolutely. Do you have to? You don't have to. I was just saying, I, I was trying to think of like you're, you're learning the history of Krypton. How yes, would this you, be used in the film? Like you know what I mean? How would this be part of the film? Like I was just trying to think. Well, Brainiac could like Brainiac's the historian. No, Brainiac no, knows all no, the stuff as it is. No, Luthor. I mean, Superman learns it, or Clark Kent learns it from Jarrell in the recordings. Yeah, same as it's always been. That's how you. That's how you could do it, or you just make it the beginning of the movie and like move on from there. Okay. Yeah. Like, it could be, that's the thing, is it works either way. I think it would just be cooler to do a short film to promote a film, which I don't think is something that's utilized enough, especially in a world where we need content all the time and we have different ways to reach people. Giving people the first, this pre-movie to go with your movie on your phone a year ahead of time is a great way to get people excited because you're going to get way more people watching the YouTube version than will go to the theater to see it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, the more content about the story, the better, I think. That's what I'm saying. It's just, I, it's I just always cool get worried that it becomes like, well, it becomes a modern Tarantino where it's like, okay, it's a six-hour movie, man. This was two movies. This was two films. This was three films, actually. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need a six-hour film because I'm getting so much more backstory. And I'm telling you that, there's, that there's, there's a reason you don't have to do it this way. Like, then you have the option. Then you could have the director's cut where you do put the be- that in. That is the beginning of the movie. Or you just release it and you start it. I think it's gutsier to just not have that thing attached to it. Assume everybody has seen it. If I think it's some of the, it, I think it's some of the danger the, the DC movies make nowadays too. Where like, well, if you knew all the side stuff to it, if you knew all of like the the uh, the side stories that I had that I that I released, the comic that I released, the this and that, those filled in the gaps of the story, the of the film. If I if I if I, would, if I would have shown you the director's cut, the four hour cut, you, you'd get everything. But I showed you the three hour version, and now you're complaining. Look, well, yeah, Brandy, I, I came to see the three hour version. Why can't I get the whole story? Why do I have to see the four hour story in order to get the story? That's I'm not a talking about a with your story. story. I'm talking about a five minute that could absolutely be the beginning. That could be a different way to market and tell a story. Yeah, but you're assuming you're assuming that you're assuming that people aren't going to look at their phones to watch a video. I never assumed that. 
Well, but but Matt, here's the thing, you know, especially with a property like Superman, you're going to have a built-in audience that's going to see the movie, whether yep. it looks oh, like yeah. a total piece of shit or looks like the gone entire with the DC movie. series. Right? Now. <laughs> it's like oh, it's but, terrible, but I'm but gonna, at the same oh, got time, my 10 by, bucks. All right, by putting it. that five minute short out a year earlier, you're just going to give yourself an opportunity to bring in the more casual fan to really wow people hook them in. So, so pretty much anyone that goes see and sees that movie when it comes out in theaters will have already seen that. Right. And then that a studio can make bumper. a bumper. Right. And then a studio can make a decision if they want to put the five minute bumper on or not. And okay. it gives them the opportunity too when it, when it comes out for, for home distribution, you can buy version a version B and studios yes. love making money. They do. Like you can spend, or you know, there's no reason to to buy because it, it'll live on YouTube forever. Look at look at what George Lucas has done with with schmucks like me, getting me <laughs> to buy the same movie five different times. In yeah, my you're life. Stu- yeah, you're stupid. Yeah, you're stupid. That's a horde of Star Wars stuff. Besides Dan being an easy target, can you? But that's how can, I would... can you read? Uh, can you retrace your story for me? Can you retrace the Maybe. steps of this story for me? So, so yeah. Give me a breakdown. Okay, so we would start. My first idea is the destruction of Krypton, the first five-minute movie. Jor-El versus the religious leaders of Krypton, arguing about whether or not it's going to be destroyed. Jor-El finds out it is going to be destroyed, and the person, the one just doing it is Brainiac. Jor-El has to race back to his home and send, because his plan of, of getting him into the Phantom Zone is not going to work. Like, Brainiac has shut down access to the Phantom Zone. He's going to silence everyone. So all Jarell can do is put his only son into the space, into his spaceship and fire him off. Fires him off. The planet is destroyed. And all you see is the program of Brainiac moving along. Okay. Give me the, the breakdown of your actual uh, okay. story idea. All the pieces. Act- okay. This Superman is- versus Lex and Brainiac. Okay. Act 1. Clark Kent comes to Metropolis because you said you don't want to see the back, the bat origin. <laughs> Clark Kent comes to Metropolis. This cat's got claws. Just, just for you, Matt. This is just for you. <laughs> Clark Kent comes to Metropolis as a freelance photographer and is looking to make himself a name, get a job, while Lex Luthor is on is kind of on top of the world. I would start with another the, the, the old school plane crash. We have the debut of Superman. Luthor, everyone is praising Superman. Luthor is immediately distrustworthy of it. So, then, again, we didn't talk about any of the Daily Planet stuff. You do, we can introduce them. Clark gets a job at Daily Planet, meets Lois. They don't get along right away. And we go from there. Luthor's trying to figure out more about Superman. Develops a... Has a satellite that's, you know, trying to create this... I think that would be the, the MacGuffin story is Lex is trying to create the next big operating system type of thing. My bobber, you know, it's a MacGuffin. And in his, in his way of doing that, trying to create AI, let's say that. Luthor's trying to do that. And while he does that, he attracts the, the attention of Brainiac. Brainiac, direct, Brainiac directs Luthor to where Superman's crash site is. So Luthor is the one who learns about... Luthor learns more about Krypton than Superman ever does. Because he learns it from Brainiac. I just had that idea right now. <laughs> I so mean, Luthor, that's, that's strikingly similar to, uh, to Snyder's Luthor. 
JD, uh, here's here's meaning a thought he for hops you. on the ship and oh. the ship impregnates like Jesse Eisenberg with knowledge, and then yeah. all of a sudden he yeah, comes no, in a freaking do, red field from no, I, I don't think do that. Stoker's I think Dracula. Yeah, no, 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 that's not what you do with this one though. It's like Luthor Brainiac just tells Luthor this, and they're developing a trust between each other, and they both agree that that they have to stop Superman. Okay. So that's what it would. I mean, like, you have to build all the. You have to build up all the. I haven't even thought about doing a three act structure for this thing, but that's what I would. I would start with that. That would be the conflict: is these two have to work together, and then Luthor's trying to manipulate Brainiac to basically be the mainframe for his AI system that would help control the world, his Alexa on steroids, if you will. While his Brainiac allows himself to do that, and it starts ripping the identity of Earth. Brainiac real like Luthor realizes what he's doing, goes to Superman like they has to team up with Superman, and then that you know they're trying to defeat Brainiac, and Luthor's battle suit that he made to fight Superman, is uh is in, is now hosted by Brainiac so Superman has to fight Luthor. In the Brainiac suit he can't kill Luthor, to stop Brainiac he stops Luthor and he manages to stop Brainiac by means which I haven't figured out yet. Okay, what if it's a sillier idea of Luther and Brainiac connecting by Brainiac, uh, you know, shrinks down cities, shrinks down plants, shrinks down whatever, and like keeps them as like toys, keeps them as collections. That was that was the whole Brainiac idea. Yeah. What if Luther is trying to play with that concept? And what I mean by that is, especially nowadays, when people kind of like I don't know, quarantined and like uh, held up, and people can't get outside. What if you could like vir- I don't know, virtually visit Paris, like Paris in a bottle? Like, what if you could like put yourself in there and walk around and like actually experience the world? And Luther and gets in there, and that's like Luther. That's his. That's his Alexa idea. So it isn't necessarily like an operating system. It's like travel. It's like experience. The experience far off places. Okay, so that'd be an awesome scene if Brainiac is tempting, is showing Luthor his bo- his quote-unquote bottled cities, but they're actually just digital projections of things that don't exist anymore. And he's letting him walk through these alien worlds, including the bottled city of Kandor, which in this this iteration of Superman would just be a digital uh, fingerprint, like a digital memory that you can actually experience. That's a great idea. Hmm, Okay. Sorry, I'm just thrown back by the last hour of <laughs> me and you arguing back and forth, and you going, "That's a great idea." Like, what? How do I respond to that? <laughs> oh, well, wait, you don't say things very often. This is the feeling well, usually, of confidence, you, right? Huh, you just weird. usually you just say things to try to put me in another direction. Like you ask questions, like, "What if Superman was evil?" Like, <laughs> what, if "What if Lex Luthor wins and Superman has to go to jail?" Like, I don't want to. Like, no. <laughs> what if we called it front window? For any yeah, of you yeah. guys that listened to last week's that episode. That was last week's episode. Why does it have to be the rear window? Why can't it be the front window? Matt is Matt is like the Hollywood executive that you want to throw things at. When you're like, bro, somebody's got to make the money. <laughs> oh, yes. Pod, podcasting, the way to real money. But that's yeah, I think that's actually a great... That's a great, that's a great MacGuffin side plot, is Luthor can revolutionize, like... Because it brings out the businessman like of Luther yeah. a little bit. You, Instead of just demonst- like the political, you know. The, it, it, let's highlight the Trumpian real estate guy. You know what I mean? Oh. Instead of highlight the, the, the Trumpian <coughs> man with the plan who's going to like reinvigorate economies and do this and that. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to sell you a piece of land. It's a bottle. I'm going to sell you this virtual tour of uh, 
of the of a uh, I don't know of you of can Budapest. With like you, the you new, yeah, you could do it throughout Dude. time too. You can like walk right. there and like back in right. the uh, the seventeen hundreds when and yes. go listen to which, like classical music when it was first played. Which gives Brainiac a chance to literally rip our entire planet and create a digital footprint of our planet, and then it's going to destroy our planet the way it destroyed Krypton. So now you've built in a nice little end. You've got the beginning and the end. Now Superman has to do what his father couldn't, and save the planet. That's a great Lex Luthor Brainiac skill. Like we have, we have actually done a really interesting take on the bottle cities. Like instead of shrinking them down, you create a digital memory. Like I, I keep saying a digital memory, but you create like a VR extension of it where you could just pull it up, and like it exists for all intents and purposes. But it's like they're shadows, they're ghosts. You know, there's people in there that interact, but they're not like living. They they're think all they're ones living. and zeros. They, but they put like the Matrix. They think they're living. You know, there could be some really cool shit with that. Yeah, it seems like there's, there's a, a weird like Superman within a Superman within a Superman. No, the, but that's what I'm saying. Remember I told you guys this. There's actually a Superman told, in this little bottle. Sink. But hold on, hold on. Like that could be a great little moment. Is the Brainiac's way to stop Superman is to trap him in in this in Candor. Like I was telling you guys about the man. So to bring it back to the beginning for the man who knew everything when uh, Mogul straps the Black Mercy to Superman. And he sees the vision of Krypton. He's happy. He's married. He has a child. Uh, Mogul gives him a choice. You can stay in this world that's not real. I'll give you everything you've ever wanted. All you have to do is just leave me alone and let me do my thing. But Superman escapes. So this could be the same thing. Brainiac gives him a chance to live in the world cuz Superman's an alien. He's never really felt he want like he holds humanity up so high because these are the people that he's always grown up around but he's not quite like them. Right? So now he's got people that don't trust him. Brainiac gives him Candor. He says, "This is your home. I'm giving you your home. It's just as good as what it really was. Okay. You will never know the difference. To lead Do you into accept that? It? I, I, yeah. I love that idea. I love that idea. Me to too. lead into that, like Superman's got to break out of something and realize the game, what's going on yeah. before he's offered that offering. Just so like in the way, comic. So he yeah. knows the, the outcomes both ways. And what if the outcomes is Superman's walking around and all of a sudden he knows he's in Metropolis, but this ain't Metropolis. Yeah. Like he's in like a VR simulation of Metropolis because that's like Lex's first idea is to sell Metropolis to people. Yeah. Like tourism, baby. Like I, I, maybe I can't build all the other cities, but I can sure as heck bring Metropolis to you instead of you coming out to Metropolis. And then all of a sudden, like that's where Brian first or Lex first traps like uh, uh, Superman. He traps him in the bottle of the VR city of See, Metropolis. I- no, he I gets, think it's better. He gets put, out of it and goes, "Okay, well, Brainiac, yeah, we 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 got you, but we got this for no. you behind door number two. No, no, don't even do the door number two. Like it's got to be like Superman wakes up and he's in Candor. So that again, it connects it to our our digital sh- our short film that we released a year yeah. ago. We recognize everything, right? We're in the same world, and Superman knows it, and we know it too, even though we didn't see it in this movie. Now I'm being convinced that it shouldn't be connected to it." 
Now, Superman has a chance to live the life that he could have known on Krypton. <laughs> it's the, the last temptation of Superman. Last temptation of Superman. <laughs> and then he has to overcome. He and that's what's he doing? He's overcoming his feelings of inadequacy. He has to literally embrace the human side of him to balance it out with the Kryptonian side of him. That's how you can beat Brainiac. I don't know if it's an end of Act Two or an end of Act Three or what, but mm-hmm. there's something there. There's something there with that. Now, hey, JD, to backtrack a little bit, I just had a thought. We're all over the fucking place. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're everywhere. There's no backwards. This is like we've gone Doctor from Who time with a windy ball of to doodads. Act two and... to last week. Right. <laughs> we've traveled everywhere in, in this hour I, thus far. All I know is I love We Superman. act like we know what we're Go talking ahead. about. No, what, what if, you know, you tease the ending at the beginning of the film and you, you know, you've, you've set it up with this short well, yeah. film either right before... Uh-huh. The movie, or a year before, and then that first frame you see after the after the opening credit sequence is both of their hands being raised by the president. I like it. That's an Visually. image that nobody would ever expect to see. Everyone, not even people that are fans of comic books, know that Lex Luthor is Superman's arch enemy. And if right. the first thing you see after the credits are them both being heralded and then the rest of the show or the rest of the uh this, of of the movie is is you know flashback how did we get to this point right so and if, i think if, if you don't fun. know superman or, or lex luther who they are at all in general you just have both of them we have their hands raised and just do this i'm not sold on I that as the, for, weird i'm not sold on that's an and i think that's a powerful more of a final image or one of your final images like i like the idea of, of raising two hands together like part of me almost says like if you want to go back to the Smallville, the interpretation that Lex and Superman grew up together in Smallville, which I can go either way. I'm not married either way. Mm-hmm. And like, what if they both had their hand raised as kids, and you recreate the moment later? Okay, so you call back. It's a callback more yeah. so than a parallel, you know, more so than like you're seeing into the future. And I think that's that Lex should help Superman break out of the black out of the uh, battle the bottled city in some way. Because Lex knows they're fucked and the planet's going to be destroyed. So Lex has to, Lex has a moment too. Because he has to have that kind of a hero moment. Like even though he set all this shit up and he's the one that, that got the ball rolling on it. Like he has to be the one to ask Superman for help. Because nobody else can beat this thing. It's true. But, I, I, I like that idea. Nobody else knows where Superman is. Kind of right. Lex's so got to, Lex can't get him out. But Lex can be the one to say, this is a lie. You're being lied to. And it'd be, it's fun to have Lex do it, too, because Lex is a liar, you yeah. know? Lex sells the lie. Like you say, he wants people to do the uh, the virtual vacations. It's a lie. And now uh, he's got to get Superman out of his... Th- I mean, there's there's a lot going on here. Man, I want to write this. There's a lot here. Cool. Cool. Uh, Lex's... Uh, Lex vacations. Lex, I, I a Lexcation. really... I don't know if you really want, like, going the Smallville route and having Lex and, and Superman having known each other since they were kids. Do you I'm really 50 think that works it's, in, in, in a feature film? It's a good question, Dan. I, I think it's, it's one of those things where, does it add to the story? I don't or does know. It, like, I don't, just I show it off takes the story. away from it for, for the purposes of this story. I guess that I'm not married to it. Okay. Allow either of them to see the humanity in the in the other. 
like I say, I like the idea of of building. Like I said, you can do that. Like I said, I'm not married to the idea of Superman and Lex knowing each other from kid from their youth. It's been done. I don't hate it. I don't. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not married to it. But it's a way. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see the future where like you see the last shot of the movie before the beginning. It doesn't make any sense. Like I don't. I can't. Maybe it's in my head. I can't figure it away. But I would like to see. Luthor with his hand raised. I think that's okay. And then at the end, you see both of them with their hand raised. I think it could work. There's something there. I just haven't figured out the mechanics of it. But I think it can work. There's something there. So, Has there been exploring all... the story of Superman? Sorry, sorry to cut off your ending mm-hmm. like crazy. I could talk, I I have could a, talk I have Superman a, I have a visual days. image in my brain. I just got to transmit it. I'm trying to connect dots here. It's a very. This would be a film idea. It's a very visual medium. So it would be like something as simple as... Uh, modern day metropolis, uh, somebody like a teacher showing a student in a planetarium. Like we're going to see like, this is right now a, a supernova happening like in the distance of space. And this was like literally the, the star that, that ate and blew up the home planet of Superman. Has there ever been that kind of image done with Superman in comics? We're like to try to, um, literally speed by the origin story and just go, look at that. It's like a star exploding in the sky. That that probably happened a thousand years ago. That kind of thing. Uh, I like it. I like, Could it actually be done? Absolutely. It'd be a cool way to do it. Like I said, especially if, if I commit to the, the idea that I want to do of like so you do this this pre-movie a year before. Yeah, yeah that could like, work. That'd be... I think one image that just attaches the, to the beginning of the story. It's just like, just oh, a random oh. idea. I thought it was like a random visual thing that popped in my brain. Please yeah, con- with continue it. with your sign off. <laughs> no, I was saying like we've spent our hour is up. We've spent an hour 20 on this show talking about one of my favorite things in the world. And that's a possible Superman movie, one that I'm never going to get to make. But it was fun to play fan fiction for a day. And uh, I'm sure if someone listens to it, it's going to be like, that's stupid. JD doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, that's, the, that's, well, that's what's fun about these JD had characters. done his own homework totally. for him instead of Matt doing his homework for him. <laughs> This is, you can appeal to that person in the audience. Well, this is better than what I would have done because last week I wanted to do Green Lantern and you wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> and I've actually spent more time talking, thinking about a Superman movie that I would like because Man of, I was so excited for Man of Steel. The trailer looked so good. Like, I really wanted this to be a great movie and it just, it fell so short of my expectations. You know, so yeah, if I had my, maybe, maybe, yeah, they do. And that's part yeah. of the thing too, is like a movie in your head will never live up to the movie that, that gets put out, which is why I try to go into everything with no expectations. So it is what it is. But if I ever had the chance to do my own version of Superman, that's what, that's what it would be. That's how I would do it. So that's, that's at least I should say, these are the bones that I would start with to make a story. This is all we do on this show is we just try to figure out a direction that a story can go. It's impossible to write a story in an hour, but it's dang possible to figure out if a story is worth telling. And this exactly. would be, this would be my Superman. I think there's definitely something here that, that could be told and could be very entertaining. I think so too. Like I said, I, I love Superman. I could talk about it forever. Yeah. But, it's fun to talk about now. So yeah, we did it for an hour. 23. You got any final thoughts on, uh, our Superman movie that'll never be. Oh, and by the way, if anyone from Warner Brothers hears this podcast and uh, knows where I'm saying digital waiver right now, an audio waiver, you, you can take my idea and make a million dollars with it. I don't, 
It's the it's Superman. You know, I don't own it. So like, <laughs> please, yeah. I'm begging you, please rip me off. If I see the Lex vacation story in the future, <laughs> I'm gonna be upset. No, no, you want it to be that way. Like that's oh, I like know. I, the that, suit. That's the well, funny. Go ahead, steal my idea. Here's I, what I, makes I'm comics. The generator. Have fun with no, it. No, here's here's what makes comics a different medium than film or television or novels is the fact that it, it comics are the closest thing we have to American folk tales. Yeah. Right. When they're told around the fire, and every time someone else tells it, you add another story to it. You add another adventure of Paul Bunyan. And you, did you know he had a blue ox? Yeah, Paul Bunyan had a blue ox named Babe. And then another person says, "Oh yeah, Paul Bunyan and his blue ox Babe." Yeah, they 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 uh, you know they made the uh, Great Lakes with the big footprints. Like that's how comics is. Like comics is you add something. Like the next guy comes along and he puts something else into into the story. So I mean, like the character that Sh- that Siegel and Schuster created is not the one that Brian Bendis is writing today. But everyone that's told a story before him has taken a little something and added something to make it what it is. And that's what makes that's what makes comics cool. Corporate comics specifically. What makes it cool is the opportunity to add to the tapestry completely. Just add to the story, change it a little bit, adapt it to modern times, bring it to a different audience. I, I, I think I like you, J.D. and Dan would have loved to have been part of the audience that really enjoyed Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have enjoyed enjoying that movie. Right. And if you like Man of Steel, that's fine. You can, you know, you're, you're perfectly, you're perfectly okay to like whatever you want to like. I'm never going to tell someone that what they like is wrong. Even a movie that I hate as much as this one, but, or much as that one. But like I said, the, the best, the things about, about something like Superman is like, there's different interpretations of them. The, the Silver Age Superman could juggle planets. The Bronze Age Superman, you know, could you know, only could fly so far. The the Silver Age, the Golden Age Superman literally could only leap over tall buildings in a single bound. He couldn't fly, you know? Like Which which one did super arithmetic again? I forget. They So anything silly is from the Silver Age. <laughs> the Silver Age Superman uh, is ridiculous, but it's, there's, there's a charm to that. Like there's yeah. a charm, like I like All Star Superman is the best Superman book ever written, and that's Grant Morrison aping the Silver Age Superman. So I mean, there's there's stuff there. Like and there's if told right and told with like the proper amount of love, there's just not a bad version of Superman to me. I agree. I love the character. Yeah. I love I, the character. I, yeah. I like Superman. I like Batman. I just don't think it's very fun when one becomes the other one. I think I it's, agree. I that, think it's really fun when they fight each other because they're so different. When you make them both the same person, eh, it's kind of boring. And that's what Batman and Superman got wrong. Is like it was way too much of a Batman movie. It was a and, and super. It didn't feel like Superman. That to me. But enough dogging out something else. Yeah. What do you think about Superman? Do you think do we just waste an hour and a half of your time, or do you think there's something there? Let us know. Talk to us on Twitter. Talk to us on our email address. Let us what, know what you think. What are those addresses again? I forget, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping I'd lead you in there. Is that uh, I was. I didn't. Uh, the I story drew, builder. I do. I drew a blank. Stand by. Edit point. Twitter. You didn't ever Twitter. <laughs> okay, Dan. It's me and you now. Let's no, it's, I'm like, it won't let me. Let's it won't let me log in. Lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Forget ourselves. Because <laughs> JD's done no homework. <laughs> <laughs>
I won't let me log in. Stand by. He shows up JD, late the to pen, the podcast. The, there we go. The there we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. He didn't do any of the backstory the that he was supposed to do. The doing homework Shut means we, we're going to develop a rom-com <laughs> next week. Oh, we can do that. All oh, we're fun. doing that. That's your favorite kind of movie. <laughs> Honestly, Dan, I, I have my phone open right now. My three ideas were Easter horror. The JD, <laughs> JD is a side story that he likes to work. He's, he's currently working on for continuation of uh, novels he's doing with a special character called Ethan Jericho. And our third idea is my third idea was a James L. Brooks style rom com. <laughs> That's next week. So I, you can tell us which you can tell us what you think at the story on Twitter. Uh, story Builder Podcast, that's at Story Builder Pod on Twitter. Tweet at us, let us know why our ideas suck or why you think they're great. Or, you know, somewhere in between, you think we're mediocre. Options, so, that's what people like. Options, options are important. <laughs> Come back next week where we try to do a rom com and three dudes in their late 30s screw it up completely. For the Story Builder Podcast, I'm JD. I'm Matt. And I'm Dan. Thank you, everyone, for listening. In the world of Superman... Everyone believes in him, except one man. And that belief is reserved for all aliens in Metropolis. And Metropolis is a city full of outsiders. Lex Luthor discovers a way to reduce the amount of foreigners and at the same time, make a little money too. Virtual vacations. The ultimate VR version of Metropolis anyone can visit without leaving their home. The secret behind the gimmick? Lex designs an alternative reality with a little help from Brainiac. The duo joins forces and uses the new AR tech to capture Superman. But when Brainiac turns the tables on Lex and steals Lex's beloved Metropolis for his own collection of shrunken worlds, Lex must confront his worst fear. Trust in Superman.